Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. This morning we continue in our series of teachings, and this is the third week of the series, entitled Defining the Upward Call of God and the Challenges We Face in Fulfilling that Very Call. When we speak of the upward call of God, we are referring to our God-given purpose and our God-given calling that the Lord had given us when we came into this earth. I believe that every human being, whether you are a Christian or not, saved or unsaved, you were born with a divine purpose given to you from God. And we have a choice. God will not force his way upon us, but allows us to choose whether we will choose the path that God has ordained for us or choose our own path. And of course, the wise will choose God's plan for their lives. There is no better plan for our lives than the one that our creator has planned for us before the foundation of the world. So this morning, we're going to deal with one of the most dangerous temptations or pulls, if I could call it that, that distracts us from fulfilling our God-given purpose. And that is the deceitfulness of riches. In our previous two lessons, if you were with us, if not, it would be wise that you would um, somehow get hold of the two previous lessons so that we can be on the same page. So in the last two lessons, we looked at the life of Paul. We looked at his commitment, his dedication to the call of God on his life and his determination to fulfill that call and obtain the prize. Paul lived an exemplary life and wanted, I believe, every believer to follow his example. At least that's what he told us in the book of Philippians. He was passionate about the call of God on his life, and he was fully committed to the cause of Christ. He was completely sold out to the will of God. In our previous lesson, I have also shared part of my own testimony in overcoming persecution and the various attacks on my faith in trying to stop me from sharing my testimony and walking in the path that the Lord Jesus Christ planned for my life. Today, we will continue our study by exposing, as I have said, one of the greatest dangers of being sidetracked 
and distracted from our purpose and thus becoming unfruitful in the kingdom of God. This is not a matter of being saved or unsaved. This is a matter of being fruitful in the kingdom of God or unfruitful. Let's go through the parable of the sower once again and examine another of the enemy's tactics in derailing us from our God-given purpose. I would like you to turn with me to Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 3 to 9 and verse 13 through to 20. Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, verses 3 to 9, and we will jump to verse 13 through to 20. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Jesus is teaching here, and he says, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it has it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up increased and produced some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. And he said to them, he who has ears, let him hear. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things entering in, choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. As we can clearly see in this parable of the sower, Jesus explains how the enemy tries to stop those who receive the word from growing in the Lord and growing in their faith and becoming fruitful in the kingdom of God. Only one out of the four people who received the word went on to bear fruit. The other three were unfruitful. In other words, 
only 25% of those who received the word of God went on with the word, kept the word, worked with the word, believed the word, and became fruitful in their lives, fruitful in the kingdom of God. They bore much fruit, and Jesus said some 30, some 60, and some a hundredfold return. In other words, the devil managed to distract most of those who received the word. He managed to distract them from the purpose. He managed to choke the word of the Lord, which they received by the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things. And thus he rendered them unfruitful in the kingdom of God. Now, I have been walking with the Lord for 45 years now, almost. And throughout the years of my walk with God, I have watched believers give in to their own lusts, their own desires, which led them away from God's purpose and God's plan for their lives, only to pierce themselves with many sorrows. When we allow ourselves, folks, to get distracted from what God called us to do, we run into all sorts of trouble. And what's worse, we open up ourselves to the devil's destructive forces because we are stepping into his territory. And we need to understand that one of the most common temptations or pulls the enemy uses to distract believers is the love of money and the pursuit for material earthly things. I want to say that again. One of the most common temptations or pulls the enemy uses to distract believers is the love of money and the pursuit for material things. Paul had some strong words to say about this. Writing to Timothy, he says in 1 Timothy, if you can turn there with me, please, I want you to read this from your own Bibles. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. He writes to Timothy and he says, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. It doesn't say that uh, that God pierced them, it says they pierced themselves with many sorrows by being distracted and giving in to harmful uh, lusts and desires. Now, according to Paul, the desire for riches leads people into a snare, which drives men, he says, into many harmful and foolish lusts that ultimately drown them into destruction and perdition. I've looked up the word perdition, and this is the definition of the word perdition. It is a state of final spiritual ruin. 
this desire the love of money is fueled by the love of money which of course is the root of all evil now paul didn't say let's clarify that he didn't say money is the root of all evil he did say the love of it the love of money is the root of all evil jesus called it in mark's gospel the deceitfulness of riches notice the word that jesus uses he said it is deceitful now riches have a way of deceiving us by diverting our confidence from god and placing them in the power of mammon in other words we could falsely believe that money can answer all of our problems it does not this is the reason paul admonished timothy to command those who are rich in this world not to trust in uncertain riches but listen to what his words, uh, to his exact words addressed to Timothy. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19, he says to Timothy, because Timothy was a pastor, he had a congregation, he was responsible to shepherd the congregation, and within his congregation there were rich people. So Paul admonishes Timothy to say, and he writes to them saying, command. Now, command is a very strong word. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, not to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good that they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Now notice the words he uses in addressing the rich. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty or to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. You see, riches have a way of making people haughty and proud and puffs them up thinking they are better than others. Paul says, command them to be rich in good works, to be ready to give, willing to distribute and share. You see, command is a very strong word. Nevertheless, it's in the Bible. Amen. Now, let's clarify something. God is not opposed to us having money or being rich, but he is opposed in money and riches, having us and controlling our thoughts and actions. In fact, the word of God says that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. That tells me that God is not opposed to us having riches or being rich. And if we allow the blessing of the Lord to operate in our lives, he will bring those riches. But it's one thing when the blessing of the Lord makes you rich, and it's another thing when you are trying to make yourself rich 
by stepping outside of the will of God for you. Now, scripture says that God is a jealous God. When we replace him by allowing money and mammon to be our God, we are headed for a shipwreck in our faith. This is an area we need to be extra careful and be on our guard. Now, I want to share a little bit of my testimony here uh, because it bears witness to what I'm sharing with you. The second round of attacks from the evil one against my faith came in a very, very subtle way. It came in a form of a soulish desire. That is why we need the word of God to discern the kind of desires that we pursue. And God's word is the only weapon or the only discerner that will discern between spiritual desires and soulish desires. Well, this soulish desire to get rich and obtain wealth uh, was at the forefront of my mind at one particular stage, but it was outside of the purpose and the will of God for my life. Being in business all my life up to that time, it was easy to be distracted along those paths because I was not always a preacher or a teacher. Most of my then life was in business. I grew up. I watched my dad. I watched my relatives. Everyone that I knew was in business. So that's all I knew. And living in a community of people where everyone was in business and pursuing that very goal was very easy for me to be influenced along those lines. Well, the supermarket my wife and I operated was situated in the building which belonged to my father-in-law. And the plan was to rent additional space, increase the number of the shops we operated with my wife. Now, don't misunderstand me. There is nothing wrong in wanting to extend your business and pursue growth if you are called to do that, or if that is part of your calling. Some of us are called to do that. They are called to create wealth in order to, to extend the purposes of God, extend the kingdom of God through the preaching of the gospel. And we need to understand that the gospel needs money to go forward. It was wrong for me, though, because my calling was to step into a full-time ministry, preaching the gospel beyond the borders of Zimbabwe, rather than being in business. God, I believe, separated me from my mother's womb. And he showed me that. And he called me to proclaim his word among the nations. Any other desire or any other pursuit from that would be deviating from what I was called to do. And the way the Lord guided me and prevented me from giving in to that deceitful desire was first the word of the Lord. In my Bible reading one morning, I came across a verse of scripture in the book of Proverbs, which caught my attention. It was Proverbs 23 and verse 4. This is what it said. Labor not to be rich. Cease from thy own wisdom. 
I knew by the spirit that God was speaking to me directly. My Bible referred me to another verse also in Proverbs, and it read Proverbs 28, verse 20. That is why the word of God says that God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. Proverbs 28, 20 says, a faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. Well, there was no doubt in my heart that God was speaking directly into what I was intending to do, endeavoring to dissuade me from pursuing this deceitful desire. Let me say this, no amount of words can express the help, the encouragement, and the wisdom the Word of God provided for me over the years. I so identify with the words of the psalmist who said, Lord, by the word of your lips, I have kept away from the paths of the destroyer. It was the word of God primarily who guided me away from that foolish desire. The second force that opposed me was my wife. She refused to budge. Mrs. K, I tell you, she's a force to be reckoned with when she puts the brakes. She told me straight, if you want more business to run, you will have to do it on your own. I have children to look after, and that is where I will devote my time to. Well, thank God for a good wife. The Bible says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Proverbs 18, verse 22. As I said, I often refer to her as my brakes. When she puts the brakes on, <laughs> no one can move her. Well, talk about a force to be reckoned with. So needless to say, I abandoned my pursuit for additional business and focused on studying the word of God and preparing to enter the ministry. That is the call of God in my life. That was the original purpose. That was what God created me for. And he let me know that. All of us, every single one of us have the privilege of being guided by the Spirit of the Lord and the written Word of God in every area of our lives. Jesus said that he would not leave us on our own, but he would send us another, the Blessed Comforter, who would lead and guide us into all truth. He will even show you things to come in your own life what God prepared for you. The word of God says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that God has prepared wonderful things for those who love him. And those things can only be revealed to us by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Now, as we remain, I believe, tender, sensitive before him, he will continue to speak to us through his word and guide us into all truth. Psalm 32 verse 8 is a good verse of scripture 
to learn off by heart and meditate on. It says, I will instruct you. This is the Lord speaking. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. What a wonderful verse to meditate on and to believe it for yourself. Believe that God will instruct you in the path that he has ordained for you. Believe that the Holy Spirit will teach you in the way you should go. Amen. It's never too late to prepare for what God called you to do. Having received divine direction from the Lord, coupled with the resistance from my wife, I turned my attention to the word of God and to prayer. I dedicated most of my free time in learning the word, memorizing scripture, reading good, wholesome books that helped build my faith and prayed every single day between one or two hours a day. In a few years, I was ready to be released into the ministry. And it was done scripturally and it was done in order through my spiritual oversight at the time. In sharing all these things, I want to encourage you. This is why I'm teaching this series of teachings. I want to encourage you to search God's heart, to seek his face diligently with your whole heart, because the word of the Lord says, if you seek me and seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. And in finding God, we will find our own unique purpose, our own unique path that was tailored just for you. So that is why I'm sharing and I'm teaching this series that to discover your own purpose in Christ and then devote yourself to that. Find your own flavor, your own gifting and exercise it, knowing that it will bear much fruit in the kingdom of God. I believe, as I have mentioned to you several times in the series of teachings, that every one of us has a unique path, unlike anyone else's, a path that is designed and tailored just for you, and the Father longs to show it to you by his spirit, to empower you to walk in it. And in doing so, we can be assured that we can bring glory and honor to our heavenly Father. I believe that nothing keeps us more in check or disciplined than focusing on our purpose. The revelation of our existence and the goal of the prize of the upward call of God. Why am I here? What did God have in mind when he created me, when he gave birth to me through my mother in this generation? What was on his mind? For many of us, unfortunately, this divine call or purpose is still hidden from us. And that is no fault of God. We don't know because we have not sought the Lord about it. God said through Jeremiah, and I have quoted this verse of scripture. 
In Jeremiah 29 and verse 13, God assures us that when we seek him, he says, you will find me. When you search for me with all your heart, you will find me. For Jeremiah, his purpose was revealed to him while he was still a young boy. You can read that in Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. The word says, and the word of the Lord came to me, that is to Jeremiah, saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I sanctified you. And I ordained you a prophet to the nations. There it is. God revealed his purpose to Jeremiah when he was just a young lad. For Paul, it was revealed to him when he was knocked off his horse while on the road to Damascus persecuting the Christians. He was following the wrong path and God had mercy on his soul, knocked him over his horse and gave him the revelation of his divine call and destiny. My purpose was revealed early when I came to Christ. When, I came, when you and I come to Christ, our spirit becomes alive. It's in tune with God and with God's purposes and with God's plans because we have been reborn. And that's what happens when we get born again. Our spirit man is recreated and is continually in contact and in tune with God's spirit. And that's how God communicates with us in the spirit. So when I came to Christ, my purpose was revealed when I, when when it was revealed when I was when I was studying the word of God in an atmosphere that was charged with prayer. I heard the call. I received the call quite early. And I can only share from my own experiences with the Lord and the things which kept me on track and have helped me not only to discover my own unique purpose but also to maintain my focus on the Lord and the good works which he has prepared for me to do as I waited on him day after day in prayer. Now, the two things which helped me to discover my purpose, and I have mentioned this several times in this teaching, but it bears repetition because I want to drill it into your heart and into your mind. The two things which helped me to discover my purpose and to keep me on track were my love and devotion to the word of God and my devotion to prayer. These two things. Establishing a strong prayer life as well as devoting myself to the diligent study of the word of God was the key to maintaining my passion for the Lord and to continue to pursue his purpose for my life. Where we lived in Masvingo, there was no Bible school. And there were two small churches and I was part of the one. And then later on, I moved to the other because of troubles within the church and the pastor was has moved away. And I don't want to go into that. And my pastor knew as much as I did. He was he was probably the same age as I was. But I, my hunger for the word caused me to search and discover ministries and men of God 
who occupied the office of apostles and prophets and teachers, and I connected myself to the, their ministry so that I can educate myself spiritually. And I devoted myself to the word, three, four, five hours a day, praying, studying the word, listening to men of God, teaching on the word of God, on the various subjects of the Bible. So I don't believe that anyone can grow spiritually, much less discover the purpose without dedicating themselves to a consistent prayer life and to the diligent study of the word of God. No one can be intimate with the Lord without a strong and consistent prayer life. Amen. And no one can be intimately connected to the Lord without the knowledge of his word. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. God's word is truth. Jesus said so in John 17. The knowledge of God's word sets us free from every diabolical bondage and empowers us to pursue the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus said in John 15, verse 7 and 8, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, that's important. It's not enough to abide in him through the new birth. We need his words to remain and abide in us. He said, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified. By what? By having answers to our prayers. And how do we have answers to our prayers? By abiding in Christ and having his word abide in us. By this, my father is glorified. That you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Fruit-bearing disciples are those who have the word of God abiding in them, and as a result, they receive answers to their prayers. Amen? The word in them governs their thoughts, their actions, the prayer life, producing an abundance of fruit which glorifies the Father in heaven. So you have a call of God on your life. Have you discovered it yet? And remember, God does not give you the full picture of your call all at once. He shows you little by little. He gives you enough light for you to take the next step. Once you're faithful in the light he gives you, then he begins to increase that revelation, and it gives you additional uh, revelation of your purpose. For me, it started by saying, share the gospel with the community you live in. So I did that. I made the arrangements. I opened my house. I invited everyone that we knew in the Greek community, and they came. Most of them did, except two households. and. He said to me, begin to teach of what I'm showing you. 
I was not a teacher. I was not a preacher. I just stepped out in faith when I questioned him and I said, Lord, but I'm not a teacher. I'm not a pastor. He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. So I stepped out in faith. I was amazed. The Spirit helped me. And so I began to do exactly that week after week, month after month, year after year. Being faithful in that, God began to increase my responsibilities. He said, now I want you to go from city to city in the land of Zimbabwe, gather your people and preach the gospel to them. I did that and I did that for months on end. And then he began to give me additional revelation. Now he said, I want you to go outside of the borders of South Africa, of, of Zimbabwe. I did. You see, we need to be obedient in the light we already receive from God. If you're not obedient in that little, God will not entrust you with much. So begin where you are. Seek the Lord. Let him give you light and truth and revelation. Step out in it and serve the Lord with a willing heart and a willing mind. And the Lord in time will add to you increase wisdom and knowledge and revelation and you will be able to grow from strength to strength and from revelation to revelation until you run your race and you finish your course to receive the prize of the upward call of god in christ jesus thank god for his goodness thank god for his mercy if you've missed it remember God forgives. He has already forgiven you. It's never too late to come back to the plan and to the purpose of God. Amen. Shall we pray and seal that word in our hearts today? Father, thank you so much for your goodness, your mercy, your grace toward us in Christ Jesus, for your unspeakable gift in the Holy Spirit by sending him to live within us, to lead and guide us into all truth, to teach us concerning all things, and even to show us things to come. We value your presence in us. We value the written word of God. And we value, Father, the ordinance of prayer that you have so freely given to us. Please help, help your people. Help and give them grace to come back to the place of prayer, to come back to the word of God, and to passionately seek you with all of the hearts. We thank you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at Alpha Omega INT dot org dot z a